there some ways you want? I mean, I I realize I've got like a million disconnected odds and ends. Uh, uh, okay. But is there something? I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know how to organize this because when well, we talked about it, we didn't have any. Right. Look, we were I mean, in the, we, we were sort of we were sort of we, you know the way the place where we ended last time was in the middle of this free fall that stops at the past hypothesis, right? That that is, we were noting that it's inconsistent to posit the you know the uniform distribution at every time during a trajectory and stuff like that. I have a little more to say. Um, 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 there's a way of, I have a little bit more to say about that. And then, and then you know, that puts you in this free fall. What are you going to do? Um, and that free fall terminates in, in saying, oh, it must apply. It must apply at one time. Well, maybe I should do this, because this is all, I mean, maybe but, you, should but, finish, you should finish up. Okay. And then we'll see where we are. Because I've got, I was just thinking. Right. Now you, I mean, you're thinking about stuff that that sort of branches off from stuff we've already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Talked Going, about. You know, but that's fine. Too. Yeah. Okay. But All right. So maybe I should maybe I should go through that. And yeah. Then, you go through that, and then, and then, and then, and then, then, then they'll, they'll be they're, they're up just we can back up in a million directions. Right. So right. I, I, I mean, the situation was on this syllabus which ran out today. <laughs> today was supposed to be the day when we sort of started to ask questions about the status of this probability distribution or what it meant, right? It, um, what probability means, how probability gets into this because this is some kind, in some sense a statistical theory. Um, there are lots of philosophical issues about that and the readings for today were supposed to be a bit on that but I never even posted my paper because we're running a little behind. And I think it's better uh, to start cleanly after the break on the sort of, you know, switch to the philosophical thing. Good. So good. I thought and the, the paper I posted a long time ago, this thing, I think it's called Physics and Chance, um, is, it'll be relevant for that, that conversation too. Um, so I'll get my paper posted up. David was in the middle of something, so let's let him finish. And then I have a, a, a bunch of different sort of odds and ends of things that I think are worthy to talk about um, that go back a bit to the more of the technical stuff. Great. But, but why don't we let David finish, then we'll see where we are, and then I'll just start with something. Great, and we'll see great, great. Uh, um, you can erase this then if you okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. So, so here's where I remember us being last time. Um, there's, you know, there's good news and bad news. Right. Um, the good news, I mean, the good news is mostly a matter of stipulation, but, you know, what the hell. Um, um, so, the good news is the stipulation that it's, that it's now officially considered to have been made plausible by Boltzmann and, and uh, everything that flows out of him. Okay. That some very general claim um, of the form that I bollocked up when I tried to say it last time without reading it, and I'll probably do that again, um, but that some very general claim of the form, given a thermodynamic law, okay, of the form 
macro state A evolves over such and such a time under such and such a circumstance, under such and such circumstances, and by such and such a route through the space of macro states into macro state B. Okay, given any such given any such claim that counts as a thermodynamic law, it's going to be the case that if you look at the microstates compatible with being in macrostate A, okay, most of those microstates are going to be sitting on deterministic Newtonian trajectories, okay, which take them over the interval in question through the, the, the specified set of uh, macrostates ending up in macrostate B when the evolution is over. Okay? This is what we mean by the statistical mechanical arguments panning out, okay? by the statistical mechanical project, or at least in, in, a, in a certain limited conception of that project, by the statistical mechanical project panning out. Okay? That it's been demonstrated or more realistically made plausible or more realistically than that made Jewish plausible or, or something like that, um, that, a, that a claim of the form that I just made is true. Everybody with me? Okay. And suppose that we grant that Boltzmann and everything that flows out of Boltzmann um, succeeds in making a claim like that plausible. Then there's a puzzle. Um, it seems like well, look, these thermodynamic laws that we've shown how to underwrite in this way uh, uh, have, you know, have time, have time reversal non-invariant features, okay? Um, have time asymmetric features like the second law, okay? Um, um, and on the face of it, it seems like uh, given that, we couldn't possibly have made any such statement plausible um, because the elements that we've used to underwrite it, which are the microdynamics and this measure, which doesn't make any reference to time direction at all. The microdynamics doesn't make any reference to time direction, and the measure doesn't make any reference to time direction. The measure is a, is a feature of a particular temporal instant. Okay? Um, um, so, we, so there's a sense in which we couldn't have done anything like that. Um, um, we couldn't have made such a claim plausible. There's a formalization of that, which we talked about last time, um, um, in the form of this Lauschmitz or Mello reversibility objection, where you just, you know, trace the history of a piece of ice from unmelted to, uh, uh, to fully melted. Um, um, and you, you look at it in the, in the, in the intermediate time when it's, when it's half melted. And you say to yourself, look, I guess if there was anything that Boltzmann and these guys were attempting to prove, they were attempting to prove something like, and mind you, I'm going over this again very quickly in order to encourage questions if such have arisen um, over the past week. So please do, you know, I'm, I'm really doing it just in order to be interrupted. Um, so consider this evolution, uh, unmelted ice cube, half-melted ice cube, fully-melted ice cube. By the way, we had a, uh, this is just a side thing. I, 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 I was wondering whether I actually believed what Tim said, that because of 
that um, you know, if you consider, say, drops of water uh, flowing down the side of the ice cube, uh, uh, you know what? I'll get to that in a minute, or maybe I won't get to it at all. Anyway, uh, what I said was true. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was. You, that, 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 yeah, I, I do want to. You were finishing my sentence. No, I'm just. It, it, I mean, well, you don't inquire whether you believe it. I'm just, inquire, I'm just telling you. However, that comes out, what I said was true. Well, fair um, enough. I mean, I actually, I actually thought that over the weekend I might sit and watch an ice cube melt carefully. And, you know, it's one of those things where the minute you begin to imagine it in any detail, it feels like you'd feel really stupid <laughs> sitting there and doing that. Um, um, but, but, but I wasn't able to convince myself that that was true. But but it's not particularly relevant to this anyway. But um, 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 but maybe maybe we'll talk about it. anyway. Neglecting all of that. Um, so you have so so that so these reversibility objection guys said something like this. Look, I don't know exactly what you've taken yourself to prove have proven, but if you've taken yourself to have underwritten anything like our thermodynamic experience, okay, then you must have taken yourself to have underwritten a claim of the form. Um, most trajectories, you know, most trajectories passing through here, okay, or many, many more, m the overwhelming majority of trajectories passing through here are on their way from here to here and not on their way from there to there. Everybody with me? Okay, the debate between Tim and I before was about whether these, should be cons these blobs should be considered fully specified macro states or entropy values, um, but it's not going to matter to the argument which of those we take them to be. Um, um, good. And, and Zermelo and Lauchman says, if, if, if you take yourself to have underwritten anything like our thermodynamic experience, you must, for example, be underwriting a claim of the form that these trajectories vastly outnumber those. But there's a simple proof uh, from the time reversibility of, uh, of uh, the microdynamics but as a matter of fact, a strict one-to-one -one correspondence, okay, can be established between trajectories of this form and trajectories of that form. So not only do these not vastly outnumber these, it's a theorem that on any reasonable measure, their, their, their preponderance <coughs> is exactly identical. Everybody with me? So then... Boltzmann goes back and says, oh my God, you know, yeah, that's right. I couldn't have proven something like that, but I think I nonetheless did prove or make plausible a claim of the form I made just a minute ago, okay? Um, that, for any, that for any thermodynamic law that stipulates that A goes to B, most of the trajectories coming out of A um, um, are going to go to B. How could those two be consistent? Here's how they could be consistent. That, that trajectories passing through here typically look neither like this nor like this, but rather like this. Okay? Um, um, and, uh, and trajectories passing through here typically look like this. Okay? And trajectories passing through here, if this is an equilibrium state, typically look like this. Everybody with me? 
How is this possible? How is it mathematically consistent? It's mathematically consistent because there are vastly more states like this than there are states like this, and there are vastly more states like this than there are states like this. So, the following statements are mathematically compatible with one another. The vast majority of trajectories passing through here look like this, okay? And the vast majority of trajectories coming out of here go through here, okay? That is, or let me put it in a way that emphasizes the tension. The vast majority of trajectories going through here do not come from here, okay? And the vast majority of trajectories coming out of here go through here, okay? Those two statements are consistent because there are way the hell more states associated with this than there are states associated with this. And actually, it, it, yeah. I remember our chat over the weekend, you wanted to, yeah, so let's just, you wanted to expand I, I, on I, this. I, I, let me just do, this is one other thing to do because we keep drawing pictures like this. And I just want to remind you how unbelievably, completely misleading this picture is, right? Because if you don't, it, it, it's easy to get caught up in this. So let's just take the really simple case, right? Let's suppose we have a box, our famous box of gas with a partition in the middle. It's an equal, initially, it's an equilibrium with all the gas on this side, right, at some pressure. I take the thing out, and it's going to, it, it, it's going to then come to equilibrium now filling up the whole box at the same temperature, the pressure is going to go down on this side to half, and then it'll go up. You know, you know what's going to happen, okay? And just ask yourself, all right, there was a there was a volume of phase space associated with the equilibrium initial equilibrium state with all the particles on this side, and it comes to rest at a new equilibrium state here. That has a volume in phase space. In this particular case, it is trivial to calculate the ratio of volumes. Why? Well, the velocity distribution isn't going to change at all. Right? You haven't done anything to the velocities. You just pulled, this, you, you pulled the, the, the barrier out straight up. You didn't do any work. You didn't push any of them around. All, for each particle here, it could be anywhere in this half of the box. So the region of phase space for particle A available to it in the initial state is this half the box. And then after I pull it up, the region of phase space available to particle A consistent with the macro state is now the whole box. So the region of phase space available... Uh, Tim, just in a matter of terminology, yes. that's... You just use yeah. you the, region, the gross cons consistent with right. the gross constraint. Right. Consistent the with macros, what we were calling the macro state is still the right. concentration on one side. Right. right. Um, I mean, well, there's a, yeah, there's an interesting question one can ask about exactly when the entropy goes up in this case, right? Uh, but if you anyway, I think for Boltzmann, it's clear when it goes up, when the when the distribution when the when the thing expands. It. It depends on how, this is a, a question of how you describe the macro state. Right. If you describe the macro state just in terms of the constraints. No, but that's, yeah. but that's okay. not how you describe okay. it. You know, then, but this then, is what we went through. Then you right. couldn't right. trace increase of right. entropy right. over right. irreversible right. transitions. In any case, by the time it comes to the end, and comes to equilibrium at right. the end, okay. So what that means is for every single particle, you've, as it were, doubled the volume for it, if you will. And that means that if there are, you know, as we usually use, 10 to the 23rd particles in my box of gas, 
the ratio is going to be 1 over 2 to the 10 to the 23rd, right? I mean, this the, the original volume of phase space, sorry, 2 to the 10 I mean, to the th and the point is, so that, that, that number is considerably larger than the ratio of this to this. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, that's, yes. that's right. You know, so, so, so the, the, you know, the relative sizes, even though you've done something pretty simple, right? You just increase the volume, you know, increase the volume available to the gas to spread out it. That the effect on the accessible regions of phase space, or the, the regions that are occupied by the equilibrium states, you know, I mean, this is unimaginable. And that's how it could be that essentially every single one right. of the initial ones end up in the later one that still only occupy an, a, you know, a but speck, almost and, none and of the later ones come from the, the later, later right. one, right. which is why almost all of the later ones are not, right. you know, going to do right. that. Their time reverses are not going to do that. So it's just worthwhile to keep track. I mean, if you if you get too much caught up in these kinds of um, comparisons of size, right. you might get the sense that all of these arguments are very um, sensitive to small changes in measure. Because a kind of small change in measure could make this bigger than that. you know. But if you start thinking through the scale of differences that you're talking about, if you state them in terms of the standard measure, the scale is so huge that you, know, you would need a huge change in the measure for, for, for any of this to get appreciably right. changed. Good. Uh, what do you mean by small versus huge changes in measure? Is that sort of, sort of some, some sort of measure over measures that you're applying out there? Or? Yeah, I, it, is, it is, of course, it is something like a change, you know, but, but, but this is, uh, right, I mean, if I, if I say, well, you know, put it, I have some, I have some interval of the reals, right, say between zero and one. And I want to put a probability measure, and there's a flat measure right there. So the standard Lebesgue measure is a flat measure right. over that. And now I say, I could have a, I could be doing a problem where changing from this to say that would really make a difference to whatever I'm calculating, right? It, it might make a very big difference, or, or you know, or changing to something like that, or like that, or anything I could vaguely draw, right? It might make a difference. Appealing to that intuition, right? Yeah. The different, you know, you're, you're right. I'm appealing to an intuition of measures of how different measures are. Right. Right. Okay. Um, but it does. It, it's going to be important because we're going to be focusing our attention fairly single-mindedly on the status and meaning and origin and explanatory power of appealing to measures. Right. Where do they come from? How do I justify them? In what sense can a, can, can a derivation that appeals to one explain a phenomenon, right? And so it's going to be important to see how robust the derivation is un, under changes of this thing, right? And, and you can sort of only appreciate that if you keep track of, of the enormous differences in scale that we're talking about. Um, good. Um, um, okay. So, so this is a stage where there's good news and bad news, okay? Um, um, the good news is, yeah, there's a perfectly clear sense in which Boltzmann and what flows out of Boltzmann has made plausible or can be construed as having made plausible a claim of the form that I started out with, okay? Um, uh, and yet what we have here, um, well, 
there are several things to say. Um, there, are, there are things, there's bad news of two different forms here, each of which I want to discuss separately. That is, there's bad news at the level of comparison with our empirical experience, and there's bad news at the level of mere mathematical consistency, okay, um, of the picture. Let's start with the second kind of bad news. Um, so look, fine. Um, um, we have this claim that you take a macro state, okay, um, um, you take a thermodynamic state, um, you take, say, the uniform measure or any of the measures that Tim is able to draw, um, um, you, you take a uniform measure over the microstates compatible with that macrostate, and you've got an argument that reading that measure as some kind of probability distribution is going to make it overwhelmingly likely that the system evolves toward the future as thermodynamics, the, the system macroscopically evolves toward the future as thermodynamics predicts it will and as our empirical experience confirms it will. That might seem to naively suggest, I see. So what we ought to think, that the lesson of this is that what we ought to realize is that each time a certain macrostate obtains, okay, um, there is a certain probability of that macrostate being realized by a certain particular microstate, okay? And the relevant probability distribution is the one that's uniform um, over all the microstates compatible with that macrostate, okay? And, and it, it's, the, it's the predictive success of that kind of an assumption that's suggesting that that's the sort of assumption we should make, okay? And as I think we said at the very end of last time, that can't be right, okay? That's just mathematically inconsistent. That would suggest that every time a particular macrostate obtains, it's overwhelmingly likely to be the entropy minimum of the trajectory that it's sitting on, okay? Um, so you're talking about an entropy curve, every point or almost every point of which is supposed to be a minimum. That's simply mathematically incoherent. Everybody with me here? Let me put it... Um, maybe, maybe I can put it a little more vividly in terms of frequencies. So think about something like this. Imagine an ensemble of initially unmelted ice cubes, okay? A large collection of initially unmelted ice cubes that are initially sitting in the middles of floors of warm rooms, okay? Good. Suppose that initially... Um, the frequencies of microstates among those ice cubes are well represented by, say, the uniform probability distribution over the microstate compatible with that microstate. Okay? Good. Allow these ice cubes to evolve by this amount of time. Okay? And then what you're going to get is an ensemble, the overwhelming majority of which are in this half-melted state. Everybody with me? Okay? Um, good. And now we ask, given, given our probabilistic assumption, given our assumption about the frequency of certain microstates in the initial ensemble, okay, um, note that given, given a certain claim about frequencies of microstates that obtain here, given that the microscopic equations of motion are fully deterministic, that yields a perfectly definite frequency of microstates at the later time. Question. Is the frequency of microstates at the later time 
um, going to be the one that you would obtain by positing a uniform measure over the microstates compatible with that later macrostate. Somebody answer that question. It's a simple yes or no question. Can you shorten the question? <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Yes, I Okay, here's the question again. Start with a large ensemble, arbitrary, you know, as large as you need in order for the statistics to be good. Start with a large ensemble of unmelted ice cubes um, sitting in the middle of warm rooms of an ensemble, you know, so there's one ice cube per room, okay? Um, good. Suppose that it's the case, stipulate that it's the case, okay, that the frequencies with which particular microstates are realized in that ensemble is well represented by the uniform measure, um, the, the measure that's uniform over the microstates compatible with that macrostate, the macrostate which they all share. Okay? Good. Now I ask, given that stipulation about the original distribution of the microstates. Is it going to be the case, yes or no, that when we evolve that ensemble by means of the microscopic equations of motion to the point where the macrostates are, the macrostates of all of them, or of almost all of them, is this, okay? Um, is the distribution um, it is the, it are, are the frequencies with which microstates are now realized, okay, going to be, I, I, my grammar is getting mixed up, is the frequency with which microstates are now realized at that later time well represented by the uniform measure over this new macrostate, yes or no? You're saying no. Give, give me a simple proof. Because... Very few of them came from exactly, exactly. Because because if we if we, we w something we know about this macrostate is that if we shade in the regions, okay, um, that are sitting on trajectories that came from here, you know, those regions are going to be tiny. I mean, Tim just went through a spiel about how tiny they are and about how these dots are way too big and, and so on and so forth. All of which is true. Um, um, it's going to be tiny, okay? That is, the, the resulting, distri the, the distribution that well represents the frequencies of the ensemble of the later time is going to look nothing like this, okay? It's going to look nothing like this. So what you might say about a situation like this is that, um, is that um, call, call the, call the, uh, call the, call the statistical postulate. Okay, the claim that given a certain macrostate, um, the probability you should assign to any particular microstate compatible with that macrostate is the one represented by this uniform distribution. Okay, call that the statistical postulate. Okay, so what we're learning here um, might be characterized by saying that the statistical postulate turns out to be, that the claim that the statistical postulate applies at all times turns out to be radically incompatible with the dynamics, okay? That the dynamics carries ensembles which satisfy the statistical postulate into ensembles which do not satisfy the statistical postulate, okay? Um, can I, can yeah. I, everybody understand 
everybody understands what David just said. Is that a statement? I, I'm, it's a <laughs> I want to make sure everybody understands because I'm now gonna. I'm now gonna. Man. I'm now gonna give. Uh, I mean, I, we, have, we, we we don't coordinate any of this, uh, and I'll be interested here. I want to give. I want to give a different. There, there is a different way of reading, and I think it's important to understand it. There's a different way of reading or interpreting the content of the claim David just made where you can actually you can actually flip this thing around okay um, and, and let me just go through that but I, I, before I do that uh, it's a different reading I want everybody to understand that I want everybody to be happy with what David just said I'm not disagreeing with in, in any detail with what he just said but there's another way of thinking about this where you actually get a different result and I want to talk about that for a second because I think it will be relevant so there aren't any everybody's yeah. I just a tiny thing um, I was just uh, so I mean the, the sort of waving waving at the proof uh, uh, seemed right, but I, I, I was th I was thinking that there's got to be more to it right than than, than the mere smallness uh, of the amount of states going in there. My thought being that look, if we had a really large but finite number of uh, you know specific, um, you but wait, know, can I but can I ask a question? That would be a re that could, you know if uh, given you know the normal ways that we look at these things. That is already a really, really, really small number of, uh, right. or there's a really, really small oh, sure, like, that portion of this, of this yeah, 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 yeah. macro state. Yeah. But we still think that that's okay, it's okay to say that that's uh, correctly represented, um, or that it's just distribution, it's correctly represented by the uniform. I see what you're saying. Um, um, this is right on the point I want to make. This okay, good. Okay, good. So make good, good, good. good. Okay. I didn't uh, synchronize with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't synchronize, yeah. There's no conspiracy anywhere here. So, Here's another way. So you have to ask yourself. David uses the, used the phrase, does this measure well represent a certain ensemble? Right. Okay? And you have to pause for a minute to ask yourself, what does well represent mean? Mm -hmm. And this is Zach's point. So the measure is a nice continuous measure, right? It covers every single of, of, of some, you know, continuum many points in phase space. If you have only finitely many elements of your ensemble, even 10 to the 23rd or whatever, some large number, but finite number, there's some sense in which the measure, if it's continuous, right. looks very different right. than the ensemble. Right? right? This is point distribution. But then you stop and you say, so what do I mean when I say the measure well represents the ensemble? Now, the natural thing to do, or the thing that's normally done, and the only thing that really makes a lot of sense, is where, and if you start reading, you'll see a lot about coarse graining. Okay? So let me at least give you an approach to understanding what that means. So you say, look, suppose I have, my ensemble has, say, I, again, I don't know why, 10 to the 23rd, it has 20, 10, 10 to the 23rd rooms, right, each with a block of ice in it. Big number, but finite number. And now you say, we have the phase space associated with the initial macro state, okay, with the natural measure on it, in a, in a, in a sort of normal way, carve it up, right, sort of rectangularly, it's a very high dimensional space, but carve it up into subregions of equal volume, Okay, in in a in a not in a, in a just clean way, right? You're not going to have funny little odd shaped things that sort of you know like you've got a funny little odd shaped gerrymandered district that took all of your systems in, but just carve it up in a natural way. 
so that, oh, I don't know, in each box, how big a box do I want, right? I'm, I'm course grading this into boxes. How big a box do I want? Say each box should have, I don't know, 10 to the, say, 10 to the 7th, 10 to the 7th of my systems, in, about 10 to the 7th of my, uh, of these guys in each box. Okay, so there are a large number of systems in each box. Or anyway, carve it up into these rectangular regions so that, it, that if you divided this by the number of regions, you'd get 10 to the 7th. Let's put it that way. Okay, divide, divide the, the volume, right? Take the volume so that, uh, you know, take 1 10 to the 16th, right, into boxes, each of which has 1 10 to the 16th. Yes? Now, if we have a flat measure, what that suggests is that about, we're back again, about this proportion of my original ensemble ought to be in each box. Okay? So the flat measure says, how many of my systems should I find in each of these boxes? Well, around 10 to the 7th. And then you can say, the sense in which this measure is a good representation of the actual empirical distribution is that, in fact, this is a, it's about 10 to the 7th in each box. Okay? Now, why is it important to, to, to be very clear about articulating it that way? Because if you articulate it that way, what you mean by saying the measure is good or a good representation, and you play the same game again, giving the same interpretation to those words up here, right? even though this is a much larger phase space, but what am I going to do? I still only have 10 to the 23rd. I'm going to ask... What's a good measure that represents my 10 to the 23rd system now that they've evolved here? I'm going to play the same game. I've got a much huger phase space. I divide it into 10 to the 16th equal size volume boxes. And I ask, in each of those 10 to the 16th equal size volume boxes, the volume of each of these boxes is now tremendously larger than the boxes here, right, in proportion to the amount that the phase space went up. Is it still the case that about... 10 to the 7th, I've got 10 to the 7th systems in each box. And the answer to that is going to be yes. Mm -hmm. Okay? The answer to that is going to be yes. So the flat distribution, if, if you give that reading to the meaning of saying this, 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 this measure well represents the statistics, mm -hmm. The flat distribution at the later time will well represent it still. Okay? So, but there's a they, bug there. Th there's a bug. I mean, but you have to see the yeah. tension between these two things. The, que the question is if we go back again, and let, let me now make this point, we. we if, how, how then, what, how does this, this square with all this other stuff we've been talking about? Right. And the answer goes back again to say, well, suppose you gave me not the phase point of a system, but merely the, the, the coarse grain description of it. Which of these boxes does, does an individual system sit in? And you ask me to predict what will happen to it from that coarse grain information. Then you go through Maxwell's argument. Right. And you say, it's overwhelmingly likely to do right, this. Right. 
Although there are some points in there that will do this, right? So this, you know, this flat measure here, as it turns out, is still perfectly good for making predictions yeah, and just dreadful for making retrodictions, right? And it's that's right. right. But, but look, the the I, I mean, I would put it in a very different way. Okay. Um, um, here's the deal. Okay. You. Um, um, let's see how I want to say this. Um, <coughs> um, you ask a question of the form, given that the thing, given given that you given some vague notion of this. Uh, 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 this distribution well representing a certain ensemble at the beginning. You ask, okay, um, um, how many of those systems are going to end up in these dots ten minutes later? Okay, answer all of them. Okay, um, you ask, given some vague idea, which we're going to make. I mean, I mean. This notion of what it is for a probability distribution to well represent an ensemble or to well represent the system is going to be very much the crux of, yeah, of what we're arguing about later on. Absolutely. Okay? Um, and, and we're going to get into that very deeply later on. I want to skim over that lightly at the moment. Okay? Um, but, but what's clear is you ask the question of the form Given that this distribution well represents this ensemble here, um, what proportion of the systems are going to end up in these dots ten minutes later? Answer all of them. Okay. Put put another question. Given a uniform distribution over this large macrostate, what proportion of the systems there are in these dots? Answer almost zero. Okay. That's the sense in which they're incompatible with one another. Everybody with me? Okay. So, um, um, so it just is mathematically inconsistent once again um, to adopt what looked like it might have been naively suggested by these results. Okay, to adopt a position like, oh, I see what we ought to do. Um, well, looks like. Let, let me back up a little. It looks like we have two options here. Okay. So now this presents a question. We had this posit that looked like it was doing good work, at least toward the future. Okay. Um, the posit was, or, or or the instruction was, given the information that a system is in a certain macroscape. Okay. Um, um, uh, associate this uniform probability distribution or something drawable um, um, with reference to what Tim was saying or something like that with, um, uh, with the microstates compatible with that microstate. Okay? Exactly what it means to call this or that the probability that the microstate is that, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about in, in some of the more philosophical sections of the course. For the moment, Take it for granted, even though it's false, that this is talk that we that we understand well enough to 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 apply it um, in these practical cases. Okay. Um, so once again, the temptation seemed to be um, to phrase to 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 
uh, to stipulate an instruction of the form given that a certain macro state obtains. Um, um, use, use, you know, uh, associate that macro state with a certain probability distribution over the micro states compatible with it. Okay? Good. Um, we've just learned now that if you take such a claim seriously, if you take it realistically, um, that's, that's, that's just mathematically incoherent. It's internally contradictory. Everybody with me here? That is, when you combine it with, um, with the laws of microevolution. And maybe there's a more general point here just to mention there's a long footnote about this in, in the chapter in my book um, on the reversibility objections. So um, you might call this, you might call what we've discovered here an incompatibility between a certain statistical postulate and a certain set of exact microdynamical equations of motion. Okay. Um, the, 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 so you have a statistical postulate that takes the form, given some stipulation about the physical condition of the system of interest, you can, apply, you, you, you can, you can posit a certain probability distribution governing the truth of other stipulations about that system. Okay. Here, where the first stipulation has to do with the macrostate and the second stipulation has to do with the microstate, that turns out to be incompatible with the structure of the equations of motion. If people are familiar with, say, Bohmian mechanics, okay, um, Bohmian mechanics is interestingly different in this respect. Okay, in Bohmian mechanics, the thing that would stand in for the macrostate is something like the wave function. Okay, and the thing that would stand in for the microstate is the exact position of of the system in configuration space. And you have what you might think of as an analogous. Um, statistical postulate there, okay, that given the wave function, there's a certain probability of a, of a position and configuration space for the particle system. There, the microdynamics are such as to make those two compatible with one another over time in a way that they fail to be compatible with one another in the statistical mechanical case. Everybody with me or everybody who's seen Bohm's theory um, understand what I'm saying here? So, so you know, there's a general question here where you have something like a statistical postulate and a microdynamics operating about the compatibility between the two. What we've discovered here in the, in the statistical mechanical case is that they're incompatible with one another. Everybody with me? Okay. Um, uh, good. What are we going to do about that? Um, what's the appropriate response to that? I guess one could imagine two responses off the cuff. One could say, look, um, um, this statistical posit should be, should be uh, digested, should, should, be, should be taken on in a fairly radically instrumentalist way. Okay? That is, it's a fact that if you want to calculate future evolutions from wherever you are, okay, um, it'll serve you well to take a uniform distribution over the present macro state, okay, and plug that into the equations of motion and see where it takes you, okay. That'll make good predictions about um, future evolutions of these systems, but 
There are other things you can do with that that would make very bad predictions, like, like making retrodictions about where the system was in the past or something like that. Okay? So there's a sort of, there, there's a way in which you could respond to this incompatibility between the dynamics and the statistical postulate by deciding to take the statistical postulate in a sort of militantly instrumentalist way. Okay? Um, if you take it that way, you shouldn't imagine that the statistical postulate has anything to do with claims about the frequencies with which certain microstates are realized, given that certain macrostates are realized. Okay? Because read as that, it'll be false. Okay? That's what I would take to be a realist reading of the statistical postulate. But never mind how, and we're going to discuss that, but in some sense, um, um, the probability distribution you use is supposed to be reflective of uh, the frequencies with which, or has some connection with, the frequencies with which microstates are realized in large sets of, of macrostates of that kind. Okay? Taken that way, it's clearly false. Okay? Um, but, if you don't take it that way and you're careful just to use it in a very restricted way as a tool for predicting the future macroevolution, um, the results we have from Boltzmann um, and what flows out of Boltzmann support a usage of it like Everybody with me? Or you may want to say, the, 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 trouble with, the trouble with taking it instrumentally, and this is always the trouble with taking anything instrumentally, is that it just gives rise to new questions of the form, why does this instrument work as well as it does? What is it about the way the world actually is that makes this instrument work as well as it does? So those kinds of things always leave you hungry, and if you want, uh, it, it, you know, if, if you have the option it looks like what your other things being equal, you're going to prefer to do is come up with some realistic picture of what's going on. That explains the instrumental utility of using something like this. Good. To the extent that we're going to take... So what we learn then is that to the extent that we're going to take uh, the statistical postulate realistically... What, and, and what it means to take it realistically, how that connects with frequencies, so on and so forth, is something we're going to talk about in the more philosophical sections of the course. But, but it, can, can I just make sure. just, just an inter interject a comment sure. to, 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 to keep people's minds focused? I just gave a sense in which if you have a large ensemble of systems, right. that, that, that what it might mean to say that, say, a measure well represents it. Right. And, you, and, and, and that was actually one we used before, just talking about a box of gas, because right. a box of gas is a large ensemble right. Of, right. Of, of molecules, and we're talking about the velocity distributions and so on. So it's going to be a condition on whatever finally emerges that that's the wrong way to consider it. Right. right. If what one wants at the end of the day, which, you know, because we're megalomaniacs, we always want, right. is something that applies to the entire universe, of which there is, by definition, only one. Right. And only one, you know, the sample space is one. Right. Insofar as you're using this kind of thing, it's going to go away. Right. right. You're going to need some other story. 
you can't say a measure you know well represents because we've got a, a large ensemble of universes and this is telling you how they're distributed. No, we have one universe, it's a dot. Absolutely. Right? I mean all kinds of constraints on what on what the ultimate story you're going to tell are are you know popping into view right um, um, as we as we go through some of this stuff and we're going to have to keep a careful list of what those constraints are and make sure that whatever we end up proposing about how to construe this satisfies them okay and Tim is absolutely right that a, that a, you know that a certain further constraint to the effect that it had better not be the one that Tim just described is absolutely correct. Um, good. Uh, good. What are our options? Like I say, skating lightly over the deep philosophical issues, vis-a-vis -vis taking it realistically. Well, it looks like if we want to take it in any sense realistically, um, we're, you know, it's only, it's going to be the kind of thing that can apply at most at one instant in the history of any particular system, not at all instance. Okay? That is. Um, and there's a couple of things to say here. Okay? We're taking it for granted that Boltzmann has made it plausible. Okay? That, for example, if you take the uniform probability distribution over this, okay, you get a high probability of a trajectory like this. Okay, um, um, where this is supposed to be, you know, su supposed to be continuable more or less indefinitely until you reach equilibrium, okay, and, and then it behaves like something in equilibrium or something like that, okay? Um, um, <clears throat> the fact that, the, the fact that this gives you this and also this would give you this, um, means means a whole me, well. Do I want to go into this now? Uh, let me think for one second if I want to go into this now. You know what? We'll bump into this in a few minutes, um, um, whether we want to or not. So so we don't we don't need to sidetrack to to go into it now. It looks like our only option to take this realistically, okay, um, is to say, okay, it applies at one point in the history of the system. The, the point of this stuff I was just going through here is that we're taking it for granted that Boltzmann has made it plausible that it's being true at one point is enough, okay, to guarantee thermodynamic behavior at all points to the future of that in the history of the system. Okay, it's clearly going radically badly vis-a-vis -vis our empirical experience of the world if you apply it toward the past. Okay, and all of this very quickly suggests that if you only have one point at which at which to choose to apply it, it better be some point which somehow, at least with respect to the parameters of the problem that you're interested in, amounts to the beginning of the time at which, you t at which you begin to take an interest in the system. Everybody with me? Okay. Um, I, I'm surprised that I'm not being... Well, I'll reject to it. Nobody Good. else will. Good. Uh, or, well, I, I just built your locution to when saying that the beginning when you start to take an interest in it. It can't yeah. be that. It has to be where, you know, it's, 
it has to be some more objective notion. Well, good. I mean, I mean. So look, you see lots of stuff in the literature. I'm doing a, I'm doing, and I actually probably shouldn't. This is this is bad influence from Tim. Um, 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 respecting the history of the subject more than I'm usually want to do. Um, um, the the um, look. The kinds of things you would find in the literature, okay, are locutions like, um, if you're interested in describing how ice, you know, the melting of ice or something like that, apply the statistical postulate at the initial moment when the ice is completely unmelted, okay? Now, once again, That's an there, there, there's a radically instrumental way of reading that on which it's fine, okay? If it's supposed to be somehow more realistic than that, okay, then that, then, then of course that's bad too, because you wonder what the prehistory of the ice was before you took it out of the refrigerator, and, and, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Um, so considerations like these, if you want to take this vaguely defined so far realistic attitude towards the... Uh, uh, towards the statistical postulate are pretty relentlessly and pretty obviously going to drive you back towards, say, the beginning, you know, the initial macro state of the universe or, or something like that, okay? The thing is that as you relentlessly get driven back there, okay, and, and if you're still taking the statistical postulate seriously, okay, then the postulate taken that way is either false Okay, or because once you put it back at the beginning of the universe, it's going to assign a definite probability to every formulable proposition about the physical state of the universe at every time after its origin. Okay, you're getting into a situation where either it's false, or in some principled sense, it's the entirety of science. Okay, that together with because once you push this back to the beginning. Okay, there is no formulable question about the, 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 the physical condition of the world, the scientifically available condition of the world, on which the combination of this and the microscopic equations of motion are jointly agnostic. Okay? The two of them taken together, that is this distribution and the equations of motion, assign a perfectly definite numerical probability to the truth or falsehood of any formulable proposition about the way the world is, okay? That is about the economy, about who's going to win the election, uh, uh, about everything, okay? So, um, as you get pushed back this way, okay, by your desire to be what I'm calling realistic about this, okay, this takes on a larger and larger burden. Okay. This becomes not just a way of underwriting the fact that ice melts. Okay. It becomes either false or, in some principled sense, the entirety of natural science. Okay. Tim, you've been aching to say Yeah, well, okay. Now, the, 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 you know, the great ship of David's, uh, <laughs> David's ambitions um, is about to run into the iceberg of mine. We'll see who wins. Um, um, okay, David just described the situation as he understands it, and it's in his book, and it leads to this extremely... Megalomaniacal. Powerful right. result. Right. I've been 
from the beginning trying to push things in a somewhat different direction. So let me give, let me at least lay it on the table so we can see there are other options, right? And let me lay it on the table in the framework that I've been sort of meticulously trying to. So what I said, what I've been saying all along, I don't know why I'm writing Greek on this. Okay. So there's this approach to trying to understand or give a grounding for thermodynamics that I've been calling dynamics plus, right? Where the dynamics is the perfect microdynamics, which is time reversible, plus something else because we're trying to derive non-time reversible laws and we've worried a lot about what the plus is. David, the way David has things set up, the plus is this measure, okay? It's some kind of measure over microstates. It's measure over microstates. That is, as he says, all right, and what do you do with it? If I give you that, right? You have, you have the dynamics. In addition, I give you this. What am I allowed to do with it? What David's idea is, what I'm allowed to do with it is anything you like, right? That is, as he says, frame any question about what happens in the physical world at any time and the way you go about making a prediction for that is to take this measure at now a special time, because we've just been through this, that one thing you can't do is say, oh, pick a time, right? You know, if you, given the way the measure is is, is specified that is something like uniform measure over a macro state. Mm -hmm. It's not among your options to say pick an arbitrary time because if you pick different times with different macro states, they'll just make in incompatible predictions. Right. right. Okay. Right. Incompatible claims. So the way David has been pushed, he says, so there must be one time, and well, because the claims are incompatible, you can also say some of the times are wrong because they just make bad predictions. Right. Right. And this pushes him back to saying the, the, the magic time is the beginning of time. Now you might worry if there is no beginning of time, which is one of the things, you know, some we'll cosmological models. Right. Right. <laughs> if there if you if you might think at least if you had a kind of big bang picture of cosmology, and now we're all the way back in cosmology in the Big Bang, right? A big bang picture where there's an initial state that's not preceded by anything. And then you say, apply it then. That's the magic time. Now, of course, you'll notice that if you do that, it also follows another way of, of saying this is only use this for making predictions. Because if that's the beginning of time, everything you derive from it will be a prediction, right? Because the <laughs> you're going forward in time. What I've been pushing in terms of, I mean, I just, okay, now we're back to historical accuracy, because this is not really what Boltzmann did. For Boltzmann, the plus was the Strauss-Fall ensembles again, right? So you say, I need something in addition to the dynamics. I'm going to use that. And what about all this incompatibility stuff? Well, the, 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 the way it comes up in this context is to say you have to choose not a moment of time, but a direction of time. 
That is, if unless unless the universe is always in equilibrium, if the Stoßal Ansatz holds, and by what it, being realistic about it and what it holding is, we've gone through it. Means again, you have that statistically, it gives you the right predictions for numbers of certain kinds of collisions. Okay, again, kind of coarse grained. It's just about right in terms of how many of these kinds of collisions happen, how many of these kinds of collisions happen. What the time reversibility stuff shows you is that if that's true and you're not in equilibrium, if it's true in one direction of time, then it's false in the opposite direction of time. Because the same argument in the opposite direction of time would say entropy is going to go up in that direction. Okay? If you start this way, the choice isn't pick a special time to apply the measure. It's choose a direction of time, right? Tim, can I just yes. ask a, the, the, I mean, this is another thing that we'll go much more into yes. later on. But just, um, I, I wonder if there's a quick comment to make about this now. The, the social ansatz has the form of uh, a claim about what calculational procedure will yield the, rec the correct predictions. The, the, uh, uh, the other thing, you might as well say the well, name. Why, 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 actually, before you go on, why do you, I'm not sure why you characterize it. The way I characterize it is it's a plain claim about numbers of collisions. Right. In the next minute, yeah, okay. there will be x and x approximately, okay, plus or minus x. Good, 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 good. That doesn't say anything about I'm how to calculate sorry. anything. Absolutely just right. That's just I a, take it back. I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's a claim about the number of collisions that are going to occur. The other thing, um, the, the uniform uh, distribution, is at least, I mean, in what sense it's a claim about this is something we're going to have to talk about. But at least on the sort of crude grammatical level, it's a claim about the way the world is at a certain moment, okay? Which leads to, which leads to all sorts of claims about how many collisions there are going to be, about whether ice is going to melt, uh, so on and so it, forth. Well, if you... No, I'm not sure I understand say, that. I'm not right. sure what it's, it's, it's making about the world at that moment. Okay. And, and that's it's much easier for me to take yours and say yours is a calculational procedure. I don't understand that's, what the real that's is. That's funny. So we feel this way about each other. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but you see why? I mean, I, no, no, no. I see because you're going to say, what's the cash value of that? Right. I well, mean, it's, it, it's, it's, a it's, claim, a, I mean, it's a claim about how many collisions. You, have, you, have, a, you have a probability distribution over right. all these microstates. Right. The fact that the world at that moment was it was in one of them. Right. That's right. No, and no, so no. When, you know, I, I understand the right. problem, and that's you know yeah. that's that's what a lot of our future conversations are going to be about. Um, um, but let, okay. me, let me make one more comment. Yes, of course, as you said correctly, putting the measure at that moment means I can now calculate a probability right for any formulable physical question. Among those physical questions are. Will the Stoßal Ansatz yes. hold? Right, that's right. right. And your measure will assign a very, very high probability Correct. for that. Correct. Right. 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 By the way, we might as well have a. Th th there's a. Um, I don't know if it was Barry Lower or me that that came up with this, but just th there is a. We've started calling. So, take a take um, uh, take a, a claim about the initial macro condition of the world. Um, take 
the uniform probability distribution um, relative to the standard volume measure in phase space over that, uh, uh, over that macro condition, then get a probability distribution over complete trajectories of the world from, uh, uh, from by, by, by taking the equations of motion and applying them to this initial probability distribution. That gives you a probability distribution over full trajectories of the world. That's what I mean by assigning a probability, a definite probability, to any formulable proposition um, uh, about whether this or that occurred uh, in the history of the world. Um, um, Barry and I have taken to calling that probability distribution the mentaculous. Um, because there is a character in a Cone Brothers, in, in the last Cone Brothers movie, a serious man who's psychotic and, uh, and who's compiling what he calls a probability map of the world, um, and he calls it the mentaculous. So that's come to be a way of, of referring to this mathematical object. Um, anyway, um, okay, um, I, I guess that's, well, so I have a couple... <coughs> Well, so the punchline, I mean, I do want to repeat the punchline, but right. that you do see, I mean, I, I hope you understand both of you. Notice in this direction, what David is driven to is a question like, what's the, what's the, what's the relevant moment? If you sort of go this way, that question doesn't necessarily have to come up. You say, gee, the universe has been around forever, or something like that. But you still might say, yeah, but there still is this distinction between the two directions of time, namely... This, this particular hypothesis holds in one direction of time, and it doesn't hold in the other direction. But here's of time. the question. And it doesn't mean I have to pick out a special Here, moment. Here's, here's the question, I guess, that I was trying to press before. Once again, I mean, we keep saying this, you know, to, to, to flesh this out is going to require a philosophical discussion that's coming later. Yeah. But on the face of it, if somebody says, here's what I'm starting with, I'm starting with a claim about how many collisions there are going to be over the next minute. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, the, the, the natural impulse somebody has is, that sounds like a funny primitive thing to start with, okay? Yeah. Uh, I would be, I would be, I would expect more to start with a claim about how the world is now, in virtue of which it can be derived that this is how many collisions right. there are going to be over the next couple of minutes, okay? The way there, so the way you're using the social ansatz, the way you're proposing to use the social ansatz is funny or unexpected in that it, way. It's, right. So, okay. Yeah, so there's a trade-off here. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny in the sense that it's a plain factual assertion. No, no, no. What it's kind not of fact funny. it is. It's not logically funny. Right, yeah. It's, it's as it were... Funny vis-a-vis -vis foundationalist right. expectations it, it, about it, how it, the world works. It, so its its factuality is 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 not funny. The question right. is, what's its explanatory or primitive? You know, what then it, it's entering as a right. primitive. Right, right. That's right. It's entering as right. something like Where, a basic. Whereas right. in this one, right. of course, its factuality is sort of puzzling. Right. Fair right. You say, what the hell do you mean? Until you clear the probability. That's right? a very good. That's story. a very good way to say it. Right. Good. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Wow. This is like, you know, keeping peace in the Mideast. <laughs> I just have a quick question. Yeah. Me. So the distribution, you know, at the beginning of the world, yeah. the various trajectories. Yeah. Try to think of that. Wait, the distribution over trajectories isn't at yeah, the distribution over trajectories. Distribution oh, over states. Yeah, from the 
Yes, good, 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 good. Um, that is time indexed, right? Is it right to think of that as time indexed? That, that's the, that's yeah. the distribution that evolves as, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, 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 that is, that, that, that is I mean, I, I think the answer to what you're saying is yes. I just want to flesh it out a little bit. And I'm sure the answer to what you're saying is yes, but there are several questions you might be asking, and it seems to me the answer to each of them is yes. Uh, <laughs> um, um, that is, first of all, needless to say, you take a distribution like this, you time evolve it by 10 minutes, it's not that distribution at all uh, anymore, okay? That's, that's the first thing to say. But the second thing to say, which is the thing that we've run into here is, take a distribution like this, evolve it for 10 minutes. Suppose after 10 minutes, the prediction from this distribution plus the equations of motion is that the macro state of the system will, will with overwhelming likelihood be this, okay? It's also the case, it's the case that the distribution 10 minutes later will not be this. It's also the case that it will not be this. Okay, um, um, both of those are, so, so it's time indexed in both of those ways. Right, good. D does that, one of those was your question? Yep. Good, okay. Yeah. Um, just want to see if I'm clear on this. So um, you gave, David, you gave two phrasings of the, the when, when we want to postulate the, the initial, when we want to make a postulation about a probability distribution. Right. Um, so the one is the beginning of when we want to take an interest in the system. Right. That, I think I might be able to get on board with that. That wasn't me. Oh, okay. Um, you know, that wasn't me. That was history or, <laughs> or, or something like that. But anyway, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to clear, get clear on the, the, the first way you've raised it, that we can make this postulate at most once. Right. Um, so but that's going to be incompatible with the claim that the universe is a closed system, right? Why? Because then the recurrence... Proof is going to open. Oh, no, 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 wait. Uh, so, so there's a lot, you know, we haven't talked about the recurrence proof here, and maybe we should uh, a little bit. First of all, um, um, the recurrence proof um, um, depends what you mean by a closed system. Usually what people mean by closed systems is sort of synonymous with isolated, that is, there are no influences from the outside. The recurrence proof requires more than that not merely that it's isolated from external influences, okay, but that the region of phase space available to it, the volume of phase space available to it is finite, okay? Um, that is, it's literally in, an, in a box with impenetrable walls that aren't considered as part of the system itself, that there are constraints of this kind on the system. Can, can, can anybody see in one second why that must be what the constraint is? Yeah, because you, I can. <laughs> Good. <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> I mean, maybe Dave even said this, but it's worthwhile just seeing because it's easy to see. Yeah, you can so see I mean, somebody a, come you up with see a trivial the simplest proof. possible system. Right. Yeah. yeah, just so keep imagine, going. Imagine right. space is infinite, right? And there's only one particle, right? And it obeys the laws of Newtonian mechanics, and it's moving that direction. It will never recur, right? right? It will never get back here or anywhere close to back here. It'll just move forever in that direction. Okay. So the so the idea that the available phase space is constrained 
and is finite is absolutely crucial to that theorem. And for exactly that reason, um, it's, it's misleading in all sorts of ways to, uh, you know, to, to apply, to, to be applying in one's head the, 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 you know, the upshot of that theorem to a system like the universe. Okay, or at least to a system like the classically imagined universe that, that somebody like Boltzmann was dealing with. Okay. So you could have a you, you could have versions of the universe where that 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 is. Well, for example, you might ask a question: Does something like general relativity make uh, make uh, the theorem more applicable to the universe as a whole? I don't. I, I can see where such a question might come from. I don't think it. I don't think it does. Um, Actually, I was I was thinking of just something more naive that yeah. you just. You know, you oh, imagine the universe is in a box. No, not a box. <laughs> it's, 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 it's got, it's got, you know, it's topologically. Oh, I uh, see what you're saying. So uh, the uh, notion uh, of sending a particle out. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you can, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Then, then the finiteness applies. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's correct. correct. That's correct. Yes, that's, that's right. It's the finite volume of phase space, right? Which is together with the theorem. So then you're thinking only then in the case of. I mean, sorry, your objection to. His point was in, in the Boltzmann. No, but not only in the. I mean, I mean, you know, the 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 general relativistic models say of the universe are dynamical. Okay, it's not. It's not. Yeah, if you imagined a fixed, you know, a fixed topologically non-standard space-time in which the universe was in, in which the universe was dynamically unfolding, then you'd have something um, to which the theorem is applicable. The claim that the universe you're imagining is in any sense physically plausible is is a is yeah, a, yeah, is a I, completely I direct question. Right, right, right. There, there, one more quick comment because it, it's very easy to get to get taken in by uh, by terminology here. Just to be because this is a case where the terminology might come apart. So we have these measures floating around, right? We have this thing I call the natural measure on phase space. We have this. This measure that David's talking about that he's using to calculate probabilities, right? So it's a probability measure. Now, and in order for a measure to be a probability measure, it has to have certain well-defined mathematical characteristics. Okay? If the phase space is infinite, there's still a well-defined natural measure. It's just not a probability right. measure. Right. Okay. So whenever the word measure comes up, you ought to stop for a minute and ask yourself, what is this measure? What features does it have? Should I think of it as a probability? Can I think of it as a probability? I may not be able to even mathematically think of it as a probability as a, you know, because it doesn't have the right characteristics. Um, a lot of stuff in, in statistical mechanics, in fact, calculating the um, uh, uh, partition function is essentially calculating a normalization that will turn a measure which isn't a probability measure into a probability measure. So then you can do stuff with it. So, you know, you just, the, the word measure gets thrown around and sometimes you might think measure just means probability measure, but that just may be technically incorrect and it may make a big difference whether the measure has that particular. Um, by the way, on, on the, on the, I, I just want to get clear. 
In terms of having the Stoessel-Ansatz the, the replace the, the probability measure, the Stoessel-Ansatz as it's formulated by somebody like Boltzmann, that is just as a claim about how many collisions there are going to be, that's, oh, I, well, maybe you think this is a good feature of it or maybe you think this is a bad feature of it. On the face of it, it doesn't do anything as megalomaniacal. I think that's a good feature. Okay. I think okay. Anyway, it's, it's a very notable feature. Yeah. I mean, we, we yeah. ought to keep track of that. Good, good, good. But yeah, so if, you go, if you're thinking right. in this direction, you don't end up with megalomania in quite the way that David's way right. of thinking does right. end you up in megalomania. So, so it's so not the case. Whether that's a good or bad so thing, it's sometimes, really it's true. So sometimes in the past, I just want to get clear about this. Sometimes in the past, so here's a little technical terminology. Okay? Um, um, I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, here's a little technical terminology which it'll be useful to have on the table. Um, the procedure of taking the present macro state of a, of a system in which you're interested in, um, taking the uniform probability distribution over micro states compatible with that macro state, and then plugging in the equations of motion in order to calculate probabilities of certain future conditions of that system. Call that procedure prediction, okay? Reserve the word prediction for that, okay? Um, um, there are more general ways of guessing at the future than prediction. Let's call that procedure prediction. Everybody understand what that procedure is? Once upon a time, I thought you were saying something like this. Um, I prefer the claim, um, not the claim that this is the probability distribution, but the claim that prediction always works. But prediction, yes. prediction makes much stronger claims than this. So that's that. right. This is so, a different. So really, what I was thinking. I, I had made that decision in my mind. But okay. you're right. I mean, we did have a discussion once. Right. About. I mean, just to put it in mind, right. David thinks if you ask what's the chance that the Cubs will win the World Series in 50 years, there's some probability of that. But as, no, it's it's not, as you said, it's not the case that I think that. It's the case that the metaculous Right. The metaculous will... The metaculous will presumably provide you with a number. Yes, the metaculous will provide you with a number. Some of us think that number, you shouldn't give any physical significance right. to that number no, but that's, at all. No, 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 right. but that's not what I mean. Yeah. That, that's not, it, it's more modest in other ways yeah, than yeah. that. It, it applies to certain kinds of physical problems and, yes. and not That's right, others. absolutely. Okay. It does not um, have, it, it, it's, that's right. That is, it's that's a way right. of being more, much more modest about the, Aspirations of That's statistical right. mechanics. It really is about thermodynamics, you know, or 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 science is closely allied to thermodynamics right. or something like that. That's it right. doesn't get more general than that. That's so right. that's so that that's just worth because I previously understood your position as what I'm committed to is the truth of prediction at all times. Whereas, as a matter of fact, you're committed to something much more modest. I think that's right. And okay. I think we're getting clear about that. Good. Only okay. now, because we're working through this in good program. Excellent. Good. Good. Professor, so, so what he calls funny about uh, your interpretation of that word I can't pronounce. Um, Social I'm not even going to No, he doesn't have, okay, it's not the interpretation. We don't know what it means. But okay. anyway, go on. It, it's, okay. it's the it's the it's the status of it as fundamental or primitive or something like that. That's no, that was that was being called fun. You were saying that Boltzmann 
what, what you thought Boltzmann was saying, take a direction, not, not a moment. When you were talking about that? Boltzmann, look, Boltzmann, until the very end, I mean, there's this funny thing about fluctuations at the very end. There's no discussion at all about the direction of time. It's just implicit in what he's doing. So when you say, I, I just, you know, you ought to be clear about, it's not as if Boltzmann says, pick this direction in time and not that direction in time. Okay? I mean, what he does is he just does the calculation. The calculation has this built into it, or, or more properly, the thing we were calling the hypothesis of molecular chaos, which is that this holds at all times toward the future. Mm -hmm. Right? And he does a calculation. Okay, so when you guys were talking about how your view is um, funny, or he said he was funny about something, but well, you know what? Let me let me say something about. Let me respond to something. But but what, okay. but so so. I'm going to actually what respond to your question. What do you think is funny, right? Do you do you personally think that a science needs to explain that? I look my what the view I've been trying to lay out here from the beginning is more or less like this. It says, take this or take again the, the take the the uh, the. Hypothesis of molecular chaos, which basically says, in a, in, toward the future direction of time, the Stoßalhansarts always hold. The view I've been trying to push is that, first of all, that its status as a factual claim is straightforward. Right. You know, it's just a claim about numbers of collisions that actually occur in this one world, right. period. Right. Okay, right. it's either true or false. Correct. Yes. The second claim is that if it's true, that doesn't really require any further explanatory resources. Right, right. If it had been false, right. and if it's false in the backward, and, and in fact, you right. can now turn it around and say it is false in the backward direction of time, that now calls for more explanation, right? Which is going to get us to the past hypothesis. But Tim, so there's a question. There's no question. David and I agree about what the factual content of the claim right, is. Right, the yeah. question is, what's its explanatory status? But or David thinks doesn't doesn't it need yet a further underpinning to make it plausible or something like that? And, and I'm trying to give it a different explanatory status, but not one I think David recognizes. So, so what's your explanatory status of that? What, it's based. Is that because because its holding follows from the statistical independence? I'm just now repeating what I went over. Because its holding follows from certain claims about statistical independence of systems. And the claim is this kind of statistical independence of systems that have never interacted, as it were, doesn't require anything more. It's what it it, it it if you get back to there, you feel like okay, now I understand. Right, just as if we flip the coins and we find there's no correlation between heads on this coin and heads on this coin, you say Tim, when I notice there's no correlation, I say okay, now I'm done. What, what, what do I have to do, right? But if I were to, but if there was a correlation, it would be opposite. If there was a correlation between my two coins, I'd say, oh my God, I need a story about that. Wait, so if I were to like give myself a project and say, hey, I want to see what's going to happen with this thing, and I'm looking into it, right, and I'm like. Saying okay, I'm just I, I'm just interested in how this thing pans out in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, one of these, it, it was it, it was in one of these micro trajectories. I'm not going to think further about that. I'm just going to do my experiment and see how it pans out, right? Mm -hmm. So then, after doing a whole bunch of this and knowing that people who came before me done a whole bunch of these, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be fair to say it's kind of odd that I'm 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 trying to convince myself to not think about, I mean, wouldn't it kind of suggest, would, wouldn't it be somehow natural to people to wonder about 
what he calls funny. I mean, I mean that would not. I don't. I'm not sure. Funny is just a word. We don't have an argument on the table. I think. I think. Okay. I think what he meant to say, if I'm wrong, sorry, is that like once you have all these like like experiments where you're not really questioning certain things and you're instrumentalist being instrumentalist about like making predictions in the future. I don't see how you're not going to be curious about why. I mean. Further explanations of why. Well, Tim, first of all, Tim says that it's an empirical fact. You look at Boltzmann, you, you know, they weren't curious, okay? They, uh, 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 they incorporated this assumption, in Boltzmann's case, without even noticing it, okay? Um, so, so Tim's claim is, first of all, I mean, I don't want yeah, to... Yeah, that's certainly Tim, true. Tim's that's claim is, first of all, that it's an empirical fact that, you know, smart people weren't curious. Okay. But just because smart uh, people weren't curious doesn't mean it shouldn't be explained by science. I mean, you guys are smart people. Don't you guys think it should be explained by science? I, we're, we're, our, our issue, the whole issue is that we're coming to is what constitutes an explanation? What are the ends of ex- the explanatory project? Okay. Um, it's going to be a case where any place somebody stops, I mean, one, one thing you shouldn't think is funny is that there's a stopping point. Because right. everybody has to have a stopping point, right? There's a certain point at which there's a postulate, and you say, this is the, as it were, unexplained explainer. It ha- the question is, what features do the stopping points have that <coughs> give them the status of, of constituting what we take to be explanations? But, Tim... Right, so you, you can't, I mean, David's going to stop somewhere, and, and, and you can always ask, why stop there? Why not, why aren't you curious about that? Why aren't you curious about this? So if, that's why I'm saying, we just had the word funny, right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do ask him, why aren't you curious about that? Why he says stop you? But, you know, if, if you get yourself into that state of mind, then you're obviously in a hopeless situation. You're going to think the explanatory <laughs> project can, 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 can never end, right? Now, as I said, if you... If you begin, I mean, the issue is, so let me say, again, I think I've mentioned this before, but methodologically, the issue before us is what constitutes a scientific explanation? What are the features of whatever the observations you're making or the calculations you're making or the objects that, that make them constitute an explanation? And you might ask yourself, well, how the hell do I start answering a question like that? One way... One approach, and I, I, I know I said this before, but I'll say it again. One approach is to just pick particular examples in the history of science where I haven't analyzed them yet, but when I read through this thing, at the end of the day, I thought, huh, yeah, that explains it. Okay? I don't yet know why I had that reaction. I don't yet have a detailed story, but I start with these paradigm cases. And for me, when I read Boltzmann, it looks like one of these paradigm cases. It's like, yeah, when I read what he did, when I read Maxwell, when I read what he did, the way he started with the dynamics and the way he calculated from it, in the end they say, oh, man, man, yeah, I really see why the laws of thermodynamics should hold. Okay? The other possibility is to start with a, a, a commitment at a more abstract level to what an explanation must be. Right? And if... I guess that's Boltzmann my doesn't, question. as it were, meet your standards, then you're going to say, well, there, he must be but tacitly assuming something, or the fact that you think that this is explainy is because you're tacitly bringing in stuff that he didn't mention, or I need to embed it in a larger project. I mean, okay? but 
Now, I don't know where, I'm, I feel more confident maybe about my particular judgments than I do about my theoretical commitment. I think there's all, although, once again, we'll get into this later, I think there's all kinds of ways in which I don't agree with this as a description of the dialectic, but as a description of what's being argued about. But I wanted to ask a much more specific question for 10 minutes or so now. Actually, I need to understand the claim here better. There are all kinds of conditions of the world which satisfy the social onset, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, but are perverse, okay? Won't lead to the right, even full thermodynamic behavior. Actually, no. What do you have in mind? What were we talking about? We were talking about a few weeks before there. That is, you have the number of collisions of a certain type, okay? Let's put it this way. You consider all microstates compatible with the claim that the number of collisions of a certain type over the next five minutes are going to be so-and-so. Yeah. There are lots of microstates compatible with that claim. Yes. Okay. That are perverse in all sorts of other ways. Let's make one up. Let's make one up. I mean, they're not perverse with respect to what entropy is going to do. They're not perverse with respect to what the velocity distribution is going to do. They might be perverse, for example, with respect to what the position distribution, you know, the spatial position distribution is going to do, so on and so forth. Let it be the case that the number of collisions in this box, okay, is going to be equal to what's predicted by the social onset, okay? But it happens to be the case that they're all going to take place in here. So all of them. So the velocity, the overall velocity distribution, okay, will evolve as predicted, okay? But in the rest of the box, you've got a bunch of stationary particles in the shape of an elephant. Ah, I see. Well, yeah, okay. But now we would need to go back. So you don't just... Wait, 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 David. Wait, 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 wait. I'm waiting. Let's just talk about the technical... Let's talk about the technical situation. So what we were doing, what Boltzmann was doing, was just calculating the time evolution of the velocity distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the assumption that you started with a uniform spatial distribution. Ah, but wait a minute. You make it up. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I'm waiting. One could, of course, go back and have both the velocity distribution and the spatial distribution. That's right. Now you've got more than the Stoessel-Ansatz. Right, but there'll be an analog to it. The claim is there'll be an analog. It's going to get closer and closer to this. I just got closer and closer to Beijing. I mean, I don't know. It may be it's more detailed. So if your point was this thing doesn't make as many predictions as that, and once I... No, no, no. Not only doesn't make as many predictions as you want to, even in your more modest... Even in your more modest... Okay, so just... Boltzmann took position issues out of the equation because he wanted to do something simpler. We know how, in principle, to put them back in, and the statistical independence now would also hold between the velocities and the cubes. Right, right. 
Right. And that, that would that, then that would you know this would your funny case would violate but so now would violate the revised version. Now I'm asking a question yeah. of the form. Okay. What's the full mechanism that you're going to need for your more modest project? Right. Okay. Um, um, it's not just a claim about how many collisions there are. Sure. Good. Um, whether, so, whether so what is the form? Form? I don't know. I okay. mean, that's a good question. I don't know. So here's a, so here's a, so here, so here's a claim. <coughs> this is enough. Okay. Now you, you think it's much more than enough. Right. It's much more than we need. Right. Good. A useful thing would be to show us a place before we get to this where we can stop. Right. Okay. Um, um, That's right. And I, I, know I what haven't that is. thought about this. Okay. The only point I'm making here is the fact that, properly speaking, you ought to bring because you know the, you've got all these transport equations that talk about how right. the position right. distribution. Yes, yes, of course. The fact that you would ultimately ought to bring in positions that was kind of obvious. Okay. Whether I mean I don't quite know. You you might have this thought, but wait, the the, the phase space is just position and velocity. Once right. I once I've done that, then I'm done. It's clear just doing velocity wasn't enough. But then but it, it might this. not be clear. But but I'm not sure how that shuts stuff short of this because that the. the the holding, as you know, there are lots of other probability distributions. Yes. Not the flat one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that okay. will predict the holding of this thing. Yes. For but Tim, for all those uh, other probability distributions, okay, they're not going to have the feature that. Um, uh, so, so now, so maybe this is worth having out a little bit. So look, um, there are lots of probability distributions that'll do the job. Okay, both of us agree on that. Um, there might or might not be motivations, and I'm not at all committed to the claim that there are strong motivations to pick one. Okay, there might be motivations to pick one in terms of standard scientific, dis you know, discussions about theory choice and so on and so forth. There might not be motivations to pick one. It might be the right thing to do to put into your fundamental <coughs> postulates is a certain set of probability distributions or something like that, and say that those claims that your theory is committed to is true are the ones on which every member of that set agrees or, or something like that. So there's no issue about that. Wait, 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 wait. one second. One second. But look, okay, here's a claim, or at least here's a suspicion which I'd like, which will be useful to hash out. The claim is that any such set of probability distributions, for example, okay, or any one of those probability distributions, it's not going to have in it the, a, a numerical probability for the Cubs winning the World Series in such and such a year, okay, but it is going to have in it or let's put it this way. Um, um, I wonder, uh, uh, let, let's put a question on the table, yes. okay? Or let's put, a, let's, put a, uh, uh, let's put a guess on the table. Here's a guess. I'm interested in finding out whether it's right or wrong. Any such distribution is going to be megalomaniacal vis-a-vis -vis all the special sciences in exactly the way this one is. Good. So we've... So, uh, if every, in case you haven't been following the dialectics, because <laughs> we are exactly approaching from different directions. David's taken a, a step. I took a step. We took a steps toward each other. Okay. Someone might think that that if we each take all the number of steps we're going to be forced <laughs> to take, we'll end up at the same spot uh -huh. in the middle. Uh -huh. This may or may not be true. But let's be clear what it is. 
David started out by saying, in the metaculus, there is a unique... Mentaculus. What? Mentaculus. Mentaculus? Yeah. Oh. Okay. In the mentaculus, there's a unique probability distribution over all of the microstates con consistent with the initial macrostate. That, as a matter of fact, will give you a unique probability for any formulable physical question right. one can ask about any event in the like history the of the Like the Cubs winning the World Series. Right, like the Cubs winning the World Series in right. another 15 years. Right. Okay, so it was clear, and David sort of made a point of it, to say how megalomaniacal that was. I started out with this much mo more modest thing, as David pointed out, I don't give you anything <coughs> like that kind of predictive capacity over any questions you like. He pointed out that the thing I gave was was a bit weaker for obvious reasons, and I needed something somewhat stronger. And we know at least one step in that direction. Whether we can continue with further steps, I don't know. I, mm -hmm. have, I just haven't thought about it. Mm -hmm. David then went back and said, "Well, maybe instead of a single measure here, because I said it's it's these are these don't look equivalent because there are lots of measures here that will imply the truth of my guy, right?" So David said, okay, so maybe what I really want here is a set of measures, not just one, but a set of them. But once I have a set of them, then some of the me megalomaniacality has been dissipated because, it, you know, it might be that in the set is one that gives the Cubs an 80% chance and in the set is one that gives the Cubs a 20% chance. And then you say, well, the set doesn't actually make a particular prediction about what the Cubs are going to do. Mm -hmm. right? There's a big spread. So I mean, actually, so he's let, let a, he's moder you know, that moderates the... the let let, the, let the me make a conjecture. There aren't two. Here's a, here's a conjecture. Take any two members of that set. Conditionalize on what we know of the present state of the world. Who pays for the Cubs? How? What kind of financial resources the Cubs have? You know, so on and so forth. Uh, uh, claim or claim worthy of examination. Any two of those probability distributions are going to make similar predictions about the possibility of the Cubs winning the World Series sometime in the next 15 years. Yeah, I, m my guess is that's certainly false. Uh -huh. Why? Because think of the individual microstates. Right. Right. So you've got some Cubs winning microstates. You've got some Cubs losing microstates. Right. Um, some of them, you know, for all the for all of the empirical conditions right. now, right? They're they, they go through, yeah. right? Yeah, they yeah, go yeah. through. Yeah. If my original measure assigns very different measures to the winners and the losers down here, it'll assign very different of course, predictions but, 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 to but, the winners and losers there. No, but, no, no, but, but it's him. But so you need other constraints on, yeah, on which ones you're allowing down no, here. No, no, set. no, no, no. I don't agree with that. Okay. Um, um, look. These, these, there are two possibilities here, okay? There are guys who sit around, okay, and they say, here's who's playing for the Cubs now, here's their yeah. fan base, here are their financial resources. Yeah. Um, um, they're never going to win the World Series in the next 15 years, okay? These guys, now, uh, suppose we, we say there are guys who can reason with some authority, like that. No, I don't believe that. Oh, that is begging the question. I don't oh, think anybody 
oh, can do okay, that. Okay, okay, okay. So now oh, I so think now, a picture where that's impossible. Okay, okay, so now that so now, but I mean, people that there are, you know, you turn on ESPN, there are guys who <laughs> talk like that. You think they're just crazy? I think they're not very good. I I don't think anybody in their right mind would attempt to predict what the okay. Cubs are going to do in 15 years. Okay, and I don't think if anybody tried, they'd be okay. good at. It. But so then it turned. Then we weren't arguing about anything. Here's a claim. Okay. Here's the claim I wanted to make. Okay, take some claim, which by hook or by crook, okay, we're in a position. Somebody is authoritatively in a position to say, here's what's probably going to happen. Be it in economics, be it in psychology, be it in baseball, good. in any good, good, good. Okay, claim all the reasonable distributions down here. Okay once conditionalized on, on whatever information about the world these guys are depending on to make these forecasts are going to are going to roughly agree <coughs> about the probability of the forecast okay, so coming true. Everybody that's the claim. Uh, again, let's I was sure. taking it to be the case that the Cubs winning is an example of that. You weren't. That, so we weren't really disagreeing. Right. Okay. right. So, uh, look, what, I mean, this, this is coming back. Suppose it's a phenomenon in the world. This right. is now just an empirical phenomenon. Right. That people today can make reasonably accurate predictions right. about something in the future. Right. Right. Okay? Right. That's, like all empirical phenomena, something we would want a physical explanation of. Right. <coughs> There's a question of what the extent to which that can be done in various fields. Sure, 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 sure. Right. But the claim, the, now, what I was what characterizing is the megamoniacal claim. I mean, there are two levels, there are two levels of megalomania here, right. okay? There's kind of, there's kind of, you know, I don't know, there's two levels of, there's strong megalomania and slightly less strong <laughs> megalomania. Strong megalomania is it assigns a definite numerical probability to every describable event. The less strong megalomania, which I said more or less in the same breath, is it has in it the entirety of the natural sciences or else it's false. Okay? What I mean by the entirety of the natural sciences is everything that we could, not only actually but conceivably, given present information, make reliable predictions about. Okay? It sounds like on the weak megalomania, you're going to agree. Yeah, probably. I mean, I have to think. I think. I think oh, we're, okay. you know, we're, we're marching toward each oh, okay. other. Okay. Okay. Good. Right. Okay. Okay. So you're gonna. Okay. We'll. We'll. we'll uh, I'm happy to leave it there. Good. Okay. okay. Good. Um. So where were? We? Ha has anybody followed any of this? <laughs> yeah. I was a little confused about how you're characterizing the set of reasonable measures. Um, uh, well, that's going to be, you know, the, the way Tim characterized it um, before was as measures that he could draw given the finite thickness of this, uh, uh, of this felt uh, pen that he's using. That's, you know, that's a, that's a, I mean, so, you know, you pointed, you, you were trying to press Tim, I think, very rightly. Look, there is a measure over measures here, um, um, and you know, presumably the next question is, where does that come from, and uh, uh, and so on and so forth. But we're leaving that aside for the moment. Yeah, I think you know, I think our first pass at what Tim meant by a reasonable measure, which I'm happy to go along with, is a measure I could draw with uh, uh, is a measure I could draw with this pen, or maybe even wider than that. Okay, um, um, good claim. Okay, 
the thinnest peak I can make with this pen, okay, is much, much wider than the typical width of those regions which lead to perverse antithermodynamic behavior. Okay? That's the base. That's why we're saying vis-a-vis -vis thermodynamics, any measure I can draw with this pen is going to give basically the same thermodynamic prediction. Okay? Because the sizes of the antithermodynamic regions in the phase space, say compatible with the initial microstate, are incre you know, and Tim Tim was, you know, good enough and honest enough to give us some numbers here um, I'm in the beginning of the class. They're so, so small, okay? Um, that you need a probability distribution that's varying appreciably over incredibly short <coughs> distances in order to... So, the deal is, that, that is, let me be a little bit more explicit. Take a probability distribution like this and a probability distribution like this, okay? Claim the proportion of the of the uh, uh, of the, the the probabilities the relative probabilities assigned to anti-thermodynamic initial conditions versus thermodynamic initial conditions is essentially identical for this and this. Okay, and you have to get really really thin ones and cleverly located ones in order for that to become false. That's, what, did I answer your question? I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't even remember <laughs> what, what, why I started talking about this. I know it's a response. Reasonable set of measures are those that... Oh, okay. So the reason... So let's... Notice, by the way, in, in essence, the claim is for any reasonable measure, you'll again have statistical independence. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So here's, kind of but here's, here's, I mean, but, but, I, but I want to endorse what you just said, okay, about the, you know, and this is what you were pressing Tim on earlier. Um, yeah, what's, what, the, the crux of what's being said here is the reasonable measures are the ones that give rise to thermodynamics, but one can say a little more, okay? Um, one can say, look, I know something about how the unreasonable measures by that definition look, okay? And the way they look is that they vary violently across extremely short distances, okay? So what you mean by reasonable measures is ones that don't vary violently over extremely short short distances. Now, there's still going to be a difference, and this is what you were pressing on. If somebody still says... If somebody still says, yeah, but why are those the right measures to use? Tim is going to say, what, are you crazy? And I'm going to say empirical success, okay? Um, um, and, uh, uh, right. you know, so, so that, 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 that's still going to, you know, putting big numbers on the board about how, how spiky these measures are, is illuminating and interesting. Whether it takes away the need to ask some further question is, is unclear to me, okay? Or whether it takes away the need to appeal to... I mean, this is why... I'm, I, I'm not sure I agree that the, the, the dispute here is about the nature of explanation. Um, um, it seems to me that there's... Um, that, that there's one picture of building a theory where you say, you explicitly write down a bunch of propositions, okay? And either they imply the laws or they're not the whole theory, okay? And there's another approach where you say, you write down enough propositions until 
until you feel good, okay, about them, or, 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 or you write down enough propositions such that that plus stuff, other stuff you don't have to say for some reason uh, uh, implies the things that, that you want it to imply. Um, it's not a, I don't see it as a debate about, well, we'll get to this. Look, like I said, you know, there's this position, I think it's going to be revelatory of what's on Tim's mind to keep asking yourself a question like the following. Um, you say to yourself, you know, you say to yourself imagining that you're Tim, okay, you say, what's the problem? David wants me to write this down as an additional law. What the hell? Give it to him. What does it cost me? Okay. Um, um, there's a reason there's a reason having to do with metaphysics of what it is to be a law and so on and so forth, why Tim is going to be very reluctant to do that. If this metaphysics weren't in the background, Tim could afford to be the bigger guy, okay, and say, David, so excited about this, what the hell? Write it down, okay? Um, 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 that's the thing to keep in mind. That is, That is, in some sense, my position is the more flat-footed one. You write down everything that, that gives you all the laws that we think we have. You say, why do we believe those things? You say, usual reason, empirical success. Okay? Um, um, there's one of those that Tim doesn't want to write down. Okay? And, and you say to Tim, you, you give Tim a couple of beers, you say, look, David is, <laughs> David is so upset about this, why don't you just write it down? What's it going to cost you? Okay? Um, and Tim is going to have very strong commitments right. to the effect that he doesn't want to write that down. Well, let, let me say, because let me actually pick up on the words you just said. Right. And this comes back. There'll be some cases where I don't, where, there, there, there are different claims that could be floating around. There's one point at which I don't even know what it would be to believe. It's not like right. I'm not being nice to believe it. Right. I honestly don't know right. what the state of mind would Fair be enough. to believe. Good, good. So let's just be clear about good. that. And it's going to be the same one thing in reverse that right. here is a formal mechanism for grinding out predictions. Right. And you can just believe that the predictions are good. And that's right. not, no, but that's not, not what we're arguing about. about. Right, right. It's not right. what we're arguing about. And, and, and it's relevant here. I was going to talk about this today. We've run out of time. When we, we, David and I agree Shit. that we don't like <laughs> yeah. the Gibbsian approach, the Gibbsian approach to thermodynamics, to the way he explains entropy and so on. Right? We also agree that there are various calculations you can do using a Gibbs probability. There, it's also a measure, a probability measure over phase space. Right, the microcanonical ensemble or the canonical ensemble. There are ways of doing calculations, <laughs> and we agree that those are good ways of doing calculations right. in the sense that the answers they'll give you, interpreted in a certain way, will be accurate. Like, what will be the equilibrium? You know, what what properties will there be in equilibrium for a gas? So here's a technique for calculating that. We agree that those are okay calculational techniques. What we what we we also agree that Gibbs's we don't like Gibbs's gloss on saying, right. oh, this is the nature of entropy or anything right. like that, because they just have the wrong character, right? right? They're not facts about individual systems. Right. right. There, the metaphysics comes in. Right. Okay? Right. We're in a very similar situation here. Mm -hmm. This thing David wants me to just be nice and believe, right. I don't even know what it is to believe. Good. Okay? Good. And, of course, there's going to be a similar... 
failure to understand in the reverse direction. Yeah, yeah. That is, you, you, you know, you're, you have a picture of laws in, in your head, which I don't know what it would be to believe. Um, um, good. Okay, this was, in terms of progress with the syllabus, a catastrophe. Uh, um, I, 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 you know, there, there are a couple of things about God. I mean, this is the second week when there were, you know, the, the, there are a couple of things about the Boltzmannian response to the reversibility objections that I still think it's important to get on the table. Um, so maybe we'll, and I figured out what happened within the first 10 minutes of yeah, this yeah. clip. I, and I still have all this stuff, which is right. again sort of odds so and ends. I, I, I guess we're, we, we, we should, yeah, we should, we, I guess we're just going to continue yeah. with this next time. And right. maybe, maybe next time we'll make an announcement about where we intend right. to go. I, I think the way, but I think that I actually see a way forward, <laughs> which is this. Yeah. Um, if we do that next time, right. then we have a week, I already have, there's this one you know, paper of mine and, 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 and Spar's thing on probability, right. which is actually on the syllabus we're right. supposed to do for today. Right. The week after that, Barry's coming. Right. And right. he's going to talk about good. probability good. and Lewisian stuff. That sounds good. So good. that seems to work out pretty well. Good. One more piece of housekeeping. When Barry comes, that's on the 4th of April, we have to be here. Oh, okay. So... And, and we weren't scheduled. If, if we just alternated I skipping see. next week, oh, okay. we'd be off. So I see. It, when we come back, why don't we come here, then there'll be the next one okay. in Columbia, and then we'll be back here on Sounds schedule. Good. Sounds good. Okay, so when we come back, we'll come back <laughs> to good. NYU and good. Good. bounce back again. Great. Okay? Great. Okay.